0: we have a very special episode for you guys today with a special guest we're going to be tackling one of the biggest debates in all of the marvel fandom which is across various different elements and in a few different categories who is the best spider-man between toby Maguire, andrew garfield and tom holland katie why don't you tell everybody
1: what we're gonna be talking about in a little more detail so to start off i don't think you can just pick one. And I mean maybe there are people who can, but I think that's really hard. I think the debate is because you can't just pick one in all aspects. I think there's so many different topics and that's why for this podcast we're trying or at least we tried to break it down into almost ten different categories for which Spider Man we like best and where or Peter Parker or maybe that well that's kind of a question. <laughs> so we'll get to that later. But <laughs> you know, which actor we liked best in those pivotal moments. So we're going to be breaking those down a little bit more so that we can really look at them and pick apart which one we think fits best in all of those. And then, of course, we'll wrap it up with all of us speaking our absolute favorite overall. Awesome. Before we dive into that,
0: though, there is something that I need to correct, and it has been weighing on me since I figured out exactly what I said a few episodes ago. We were talking about, you know, what we might see in a future Tom Holland trilogy, in a so-called college trilogy, if you will. And I talked about Catwoman being in it, but I made a very egregious error. She did. And gave her, yeah, I did, but I gave Catwoman the name of Selina Kyle, which for all of you who, you know, may bridge between Marvel and DC know that that is in fact DC's version of Catwoman, whereas Marvel's version of Catwoman is Felicia Hardy. I should know that too. I loved the Christopher Nolan movies growing up, so that one's on me, guys, but I just wanted to quickly, quickly make that correction so that you know I actually know what I'm talking about, and that was just a moment of weakness. But now that that's all over with, let's introduce our guest. So, we have a longtime friend of mine who I met college. And he's going to talk a little bit about his experience as a Marvel fan. And then we're going to get right into it.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Davis. Like Taylor said, we've been very good friends since freshman year of college. We lived on the same floor. And our friendship has kind of blossomed since. And uh, a huge component of our friendship happens to be Marvel movies and the MCU. And so that's kind of you know, what we bonded over the years with, and, you know, even had some of our best arguments over. And so uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. And I feel like it's been a big time coming because we used to call each other three of us after each episode of the WandaVision series and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so I think it's been a long time coming that I finally was able to be on the podcast. So thank you guys for having me. And I'm excited to talk Spidey.
0: Yeah, we're pumped to have you, man. So thanks for joining us. Katie, why don't you take it away with our first category? Okay, so
1: naturally, we're gonna, we're gonna move through some of the smaller categories into the bigger, although the big get fast. So essentially, there's one smaller category, and then they move into the bigger categories. But I, I was trying to organize them in a logical way. Don't know if that worked. But to start off, we're gonna start with Who are the best New Yorkers? So the best representation of the people of New York in all of their movies. So taking in all accounts. Well, as the only person who lives
0: in New York on this podcast, I will go first. I personally think it's Toby. One of the things that I really liked when watching his trilogy was how in at least... I can think of, off the top of my head, Spider-Man and then Spider-Man 2. There was a moment where the city helps him. So, in the first movie, Green Goblin is hanging Mary Jane off, I believe, the Queensboro Bridge. And he's trying to save both her and the kids in the Roosevelt Island tram. And the New Yorkers actually throw things at the Green Goblin to help distract him so that Spidey's able to save everybody. So I really liked that. And then there's another m- moment in Spider-Man 2 where he had just stopped a train from derailing after Doc Ock kind of basically took the brakes off. And he's unmasked and everything and they all kind of help bring him, lay him down on the floor of the subway. Gross, but helpful. And they all tell him, you know, we know we've seen your face, but you know, we won't tell anybody we'll keep your secret. So I think for those reasons, like I really like how the city visibly rallies around Toby in his trilogy, I think more so than any of the other Spider-Men.
2: Yeah, so I think I agree. I definitely think the look and feel of New York City, like granted, I've never been there. But I think just based on other pieces of media, I feel like New York City is, and the New Yorkers are best represented in the Toby Maguire films. It's also just a more happier New York. I think the color grading, not a, to get to the nitty gritty of film, but like the color grading is very bright and vibrant. And a lot, most of Toby's time is spent, you know, interacting with New Yorkers. And I feel like that doesn't really happen in the other films, like in the Tom Holland films, especially in the second one, in uh, Far From Home, you know, he's off in Europe. He's never really in New York City. Now, granted, Andrew didn't get a third movie, but in all three of Toby's films, it's spent, you know, he's going to places, he's going to coffee shops, like he's interacting with New Yorkers more frequently. So I agree with all the points that Taylor made, but I do want to give the New York and New Yorkers and The Amazing Spider-Man credit because in that end scene, when Andrew's trying to get to the tower where the lizard is scaling to release the bomb, all the New York, well, not all the New Yorkers, but some construction workers ganged together and aligned the cranes to help Andrew swing from crane to crane. Because otherwise, he would not have gotten to the tower in time. Dr. Connors would have released the lizard bomb and all the New Yorkers would have turned into lizards. So I thought that was a very powerful moment. But at the end, end of the day, I agree with you, Taylor. I think Toby has the best New York City slash New Yorkers.
1: Yeah, so I feel like going last is going to be hard for me, because I agree with Taylor, and then I think Davis said it best, and he actually said roughly what I was going to say, where I know this isn't necessarily a rank, but if I were to rank them, it would be going Toby, Andrew, Tom, for this question. Toby, to Davis's point, you sat there, he was in the city, you felt that he was the New Yorker he was, you know, just even he went to Columbia by the second one, he was in school there, like... You just felt it with him, and and you felt the New Yorkers behind him. I think in The Amazing Spider-Man, I thought, especially the first one was interesting, where you see how the police are very against him, which I actually really like, because he's like that vigilante, and then you obviously see that change of pace, and I, obviously, Gwen being involved kind of thing also helps. And then with Tom, I don't really think yet we've seen a lot of the big New York moment. I think that's coming, but for now, I would have to give it fully to Toby and I promise y'all we are not going to be agreeing on all of these. We might agree on one to two others, (laughs) maybe three, but the rest of them, it'll be a little different. But this one, I definitely also have to give to Toby. But moving into the next one, which is already one of the harder questions. Who had the best suit?
0: Oh, for me, that's easy. I mean, I really love the pronounced webbing. So for that reason, I really like Toby's. Katie and I always talk about how we used to watch the like late 90s, early 2000s Spider-Man animated show growing up. And to me, Toby's is like the live action version of that suit. So the fact that he brought my childhood suit to life you know, while I was still pretty much a child while his trilogy was coming out. I don't know. For that reason, I'm just always going to be partial to his suit.
2: Okay. And here we go. We're no longer agreeing on stuff. For me, I think the best suit is Tom strictly because there's a bunch there's a variety of suits right because he has he has his og hoodie pajamas almost suit that he made himself and then he quickly gets the stark suit and then there's the iron spider suit and then in no way home i think it, it doesn't it's the iron spider suit combines with the stark suit almost is that what that combination is at the end
0: yeah and let's not forget night monkey sorry how could <laughs> night i forget monkey the suit.
2: sleek all black look <laughs> no I, I just think
0: which honestly was pretty iconic, yeah. I have to say.
2: Yeah, and it just I I liked that look a lot. He kind of just looked like a burglar, which I feel like is kind of ironic because most of the time, you know, Peter and slash Spider Man is trying to stop burglars. But Taylor, I like. I also agree with how Toby's suit is kind of textured and all that stuff. But for me, at least, I'm I was always confused how Toby and Andrew made their suits. That was kind of glossed over. You know, it's like, oh, they were doing research and there was that montage of the drawing and the colors, but at least with Tom, like, that's something that, you you know, all the three of us could do if we really, if we became superheroes, the OG, like, hoodie-pajama suit is something that we could easily make. So yeah, that's why I'm going to go with Tom, just because there's a wider variety and there's so many, like, gadgets and gizmos in each of those suits, especially the Stark one, so that's why I got to say Tom has the best suit.
1: I'm going to have to agree with Taylor. I don't know what it is about Toby's suit. I mean, I know it's the whole webbing and the, like, really being able to see it. Because I do think the, I want to say, original Stark suit, you really don't see it as much. So it really just looks like red and it's, like, that really dark blue. And then at one point it's, I think, black, too. So I really like that aspect. I think Andrews was a little grimier, the whole franchise. So I think they made his suit that way. So it didn't, like, speak to me. But after that, I, Iron Spidey also takes pretty high up there. I it, it, love Iron Spidey. I just like, yeah, I just like the suit itself from the comics. So finally seeing it come out was really, really cool. But yeah, Toby, for me, still has the best suit, hands down. Now, if we don't agree on this next one, I'm going to I'm gonna be a little mad. She told me this ahead of time, so I had to, like, work my way into the correct answer because I don't feel like getting beat up the next time I, I come it. I don't know home. how you had to work your way there but it should have already been correct but who's the best love interest let
0: me go about my reasoning for this it's more of just like a process of elimination because i didn't feel strongly for one reason or another about any of them so first of all with mary jane kirsten dunce's version in the toby trilogy i katie and i i know have talked about this even on this pod we've said, you know, she's kind of just the damsel in distress. Like she doesn't do a lot to really help herself. She just kind of gets stuck in a web or stuck in a taxi or stuck in a web in a taxi or, you know, any variation of the like and just kind of screams for like every time she's on screen. So not great, really. She also, honestly, the whole I'm with Harry, but I'm going to cheat with Peter and now I'm with Peter and then I'm going to cheat with Harry. Like, She just kind of doesn't really know what she wants and she hurts everybody around her and I just don't love her. Now moving on to Gwen. Definitely a better representation of women. She's much more independent. However, I will say her death is partially on her because Peter didn't want her there to begin with. So if she hadn't been there... If she hadn't gone to the grave... I assume
2: you're talking about Andrew's Gwen, right? Not the Spider-Man 3 Gwen? Yes.
0: Sorry. We're talking Amazing Spider-Man Gwen. Emma... Is that Emma Stone? Yeah. Yeah. Emma Stone. Yes. There's one other Emma who I always get confused with. But yes, Emma Stone. If she hadn't gone there, you know, and forced herself into that situation, even though she knew it was dangerous, she wouldn't have died. I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying, kind of, there is some responsibility there. MJ, we're talking Zendaya, now in Tom's trilogy... It just felt a little forced. Like, first movie, they barely talked. She was kind of, like, always just kind of watching him weirdly. Second movie, suddenly he's, like, randomly in love with her. They, like, start dating, you know. And then there's, like, a weird time hop in No Way Home. And suddenly they're, like, I love you. And they're, like, professing their love for one another. And it just seemed like I didn't get the slow burn. And it was, like, too much payoff without enough buildup. So I say all that to say, I have... Things that I don't love about all three of the female protagonists. But I think Gwen is the best of the three because she is the most intelligent. Well, I don't want to say that. She and MJ are the most intelligent. But I think she and Andrew have the best chemistry and that will set her above Zendaya's MJ, in my opinion, if we're ranking the female counterparts.
2: Yes. Okay. So I see Taylor and I are agreeing again. I just thought, yes, Gwen Andrew's Gwen Stacy, and to me, is the best love interest. Kind of similar to the points that Taylor touched on. You know, she's a brilliant student. She gets that job in England. She's an intern at Oscorp. And she just seems very motivated, driven, and fearless. And it seems like if, you know, Spider-Man Peter Parker weren't in her life, you know, she would be successful. She'd move on. Like she's she she's her own person. Exactly. And it kind of seems like in Toby's Spider Man, like you said, it, she's kind of just used as a way to heighten tension in the film, right? And then it seems like she goes to she goes to Harry in a moment of need, and it just seems like she bounces around and doesn't really have an entirely positive impact on Peter Parker's life. It always seems like. She's the reason why there's stress and anxiety in his life. With MJ, I feel like it's more of what I'm talking about. She's brilliant. She's like this nerdy girl as, you know, when she helps the team win at the, was it a decathlon? Yeah. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. So she's, she would be my second. So if I had to rank them, I would say Andrew's Gwen Stacy, Tom's MJ, Toby's MJ. But at the end of the day, it just kind of, like, I agree with you, Taylor, it just seemed weird, because she was just kind of like this social outcast in the first movie, and then all of a sudden, like, she's in with the friend group, she's BFFs with everybody, and it kind of seemed like this the turning factor for her was, like, in the hotel room and Far From Home, where she sees Tom's abs, and is like, wait a minute, maybe I am really attracted <laughs> to this guy.
0: I mean, who wouldn't be, though? Like, come on.
2: Well, we know how Taylor feels about Tom Holland, so I don't think we need to elaborate on that. So at the end of the day, you know, Andrew's Gwen, I feel like helps Spider-Man, Peter Parker out the most. Not that MJ, Tom's MJ is completely helpless, but it seems like, you know, Gwen has the resources at Oscorp to help with a bunch of different things that Andrew's Peter Parker had going on. So I would say Andrew's Gwen Stacy is the best love interest.
1: Okay, and that's the correct answer, because I'm gonna tell you, (laughs) Gwen is 100% hands-down the best love interest for various reasons. I think that a lot of them have been named so far, and I mean, honestly, if we had to talk about real chemistry, they're the only two who had it, in my opinion, especially on screen most specifically. They're the only two that I sat there and I was like, this is a relationship. They're really into each other. Like, you could just see it. Like, even in the first movie, like, you could just tell they're, like, giddy with each other. Like, it's that little, like, beginning of a love and everything. And to Taylor's point, why she kind of fights against Gwen is because Gwen kind of got herself killed. If you watched the movie, which I know you did, it she blatantly goes on about how it's her choice to help him, and I stand by that for the day, and I know you want to argue with me and don't say anything. It is my turn to defend. Whether Gwen. or not it's her choice, it's still, I mean,
0: yes, it was her choice and she made a choice, but that choice directly resulted in her being
1: killed. Which is fair, but you, you can't, can't argue dock that. Her that's that's all I'm because saying. Because she wanted to help the person that she loves. I guess my thought is just, I, yeah, don't, exactly, I don't know how exactly. to explain it. I won. It. Okay, so, moving no, forward No, I'm with just that. saying, whatever, it's moving fine. Moving forward with that.
2: We all agree. <laughs> That's what matters. I know,
1: you wouldn't be able to tell by the way she's, like, coming at because me. Because I just, you can't do that. for. And also, to be fair, up until that point, Andrew was, and we have to use all first names, obviously, because they're all Peter. But Andrew was always there and was always going to protect her. And unfortunately, just in that moment, he wasn't able to. But similarly to most of Taylor's thoughts, Mary Jane and Toby's annoyed the heck out of me. Like, I remember watching these films, didn't remember her being as annoying as I found her to be. But I forget which one of you said it. Davis might have pointed this out. She was like a hindrance the whole time. Like, you could have just removed her character, and I think we would have been fine. We really didn't need her. But she just was constantly just the person getting in the way. And I just, like I said, annoyed, was really not here for her. And then my issue with MJ, I think Taylor was saying a lot of this. She, and this is Tom's MJ, she was almost like, I don't know if you guys all have seen that meme of, like, when they're always talking about shows and they're like the first two seasons and the horse is really nicely drawn and then the last season's like this really terrible sketch but if you've (laughs) seen that meme it's like the opposite with mj where it was like the first movie she was so poorly written the second movie they were like trying to get better so it looked a little nicer and by the third one they were like here's a beautiful head of a stallion like they finally figured out how to write her in the third one and i just i didn't think she made sense in the first one. She was just there for seven lines. The second one, Tom, to Taylor's point, randomly was in love with her, came out of left field, don't know where it came from, and they all of a sudden loved each other, and were so into each other. And then by the third one, I was like, okay, I can get behind this, but I still wasn't, like, I was like, they could have just remained friends. They really didn't have me, like, I love their relationship.
0: So... Well, not to mention that whole relationship, and this is more a criticism of the movie than it is the character. But it completely sidelined Ned, yes. who like yes. been there from the beginning. Which, I, again, not her character's fault necessarily, but like I did not necessarily agree with that choice because
1: he'd kind of been there from the beginning. Well, and it also was off putting because it's like. They've together for, what, maybe five months, if that. And they're like, college together. We can all live together. Like, and they even make, like, a whole joke about, like, I know at one point Tom grabs MJ's hand when they're talking about college, and Ned, like, you just see his hand come out and go on top. And I know it's supposed to be the whole, like, third wheel joke, but I really was like, what? And then even at the end, they, they make his goodbye to MJ so much more emotional than his goodbye to Ned, who's been his best friend for at least three or four years since freshman year possibly longer so i just didn't sit right with me it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth so for best love interest hands down i can't even debate it that it has to go to gwen i just think there's too many complaints about the other two in my opinion fair
2: i think yeah i think that's very well said
1: all right so next one and now this one i i'm not sure what anyone some of the ones i can guess what is the answer is gonna be and some of them i can't so this one i'm not sure who's the best aunt may okay so this one i went back and forth and I have.
0: Two answers because I think there's two interpretations to this question. So, the first, I think, best overall, Aunt May, I have to go with Andrews. I believe I'm like 99% sure it's Sally Field. I don't know why I'm blanking on her name, the actress's name, but she's in Forrest Gump. She's an amazing actress, really good. And I think the scene that sets her apart for me is in TASM 2 when she finds the board that he did in his room where he's looking for his parents and all like not looking for his parents but like trying to discern the mystery around them and understand what exactly happened to them and and led to their deaths and she's like so upset like I raised you and she like talks about what he means to her and how he's truly her son because she raised him from the time he was six and I think obviously Toby's Aunt May loves him that comes across but I think this is the One of the only times, because obviously Marissa Tomei loves Tom as well, but this was really a powerful scene, and I think I don't really see that as much with the other two, or at least they didn't stick out to me, I think, as much as that particular scene did. However, with that being said, I believe that Marissa Tomei, who plays Tom's Aunt May, Is the most important Aunt May of the three of them because she, in essence, functions as Uncle Ben and that motivator for Tom, and in fact, says the great responsibility line, which in the other two franchises is Uncle Ben's role. So I think, in terms of importance, you can't go anywhere but Tom's Aunt May because she functions in that kind of motivator and moral compass
2: role. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there because Tom's Aunt May. I feel like is more of a best friend. Andrew's Aunt May is more of a mother and then Toby's Aunt May is more of a grandma. That's kind of the way I looked at it. So obviously like your friend is going to behave and act differently and give you different advice than your mom, than your grandma, you know. So for me, if I had to pick a best Aunt May, I would say Toby's. In my opinion, Toby's Aunt May is the best strictly because I think Her Aunt May has some of the best lines in the movies as far as motivation and wisdom. I mean, granted, she is way older than Tom's Aunt May, so she's lived longer. But especially, I I wrote two lines down in my notes that I think really kind of nail the point down. Because at one point, I think it's in the second Spider-Man, she says, I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble. And finally, gets us to die with pride, even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the thing we want most—even our dreams. And I think that line specifically from Toby's Aunt May is really what kind of drives him throughout the three movies, because he realizes, in order to be Peter Parker, he has to give up Spider-Man. In order to be Spider-Man, he has to give up, you know, MJ and Gwen, all like all his Peter Parkerness. So one way or the other he has to give up on one thing in order to be steady with another. And so I think that line really resonates with him well. And I think the other line that was really, really had an impact on me at least. So I watched obviously the Toby McGuire movies a long time ago. They were a big part of my childhood, but I did need to rewatch them not only for No Way Home, but also for this podcast. So when I was rewatching them, this line is when I think Toby's Andrew says basically like, you know, Uncle Ben's killer died last night talking about Flint Marco. And Toby's like, he deserved it, didn't he? And Aunt May said, I don't think it's for us to say whether a person deserves to live or die. And then Peter says, Aunt May, he killed Uncle Ben. And then she says, Uncle Ben meant the world to us, but he wouldn't want us living one second with revenge in our hearts. And I think that's also a line that really hits Toby's Peter Parker hard And comes full circle in No Way Home, where Tom's rage-filled, filled with revenge, and he goes to stab the Green Goblin with his glider, and then Toby comes in and stops him. And when I saw that in the theaters, it triggered the line from the movie where he's like, it's not for us to say whether a person deserves to live or die. And I think that was Toby's motivating factor, to come in and stop the glider from stabbing the Green Goblin. So I think overall, Best Aunt May would be Toby's, just because she's got some really great quotes from the movies, and I think she's the one out of the three that really motivates Peter the most.
1: That's not what I expected you to say, so I'm actually (laughs) I'm reeling from that, but gathering my thoughts. So for me, I have, like, the dumb answer, and I have the intellectual answer. And the dumb answer is growing up, seeing what my aunts and uncles look like, Andrews just fit the right age, <laughs> and that is why I always just, like, really bonded to that Aunt May, because I was like, yeah, you know, my aunts and uncles, granted, my aunts and uncles vary across many ages, because we have a very large family on one side, but I'm like, yeah, okay, my aunts and uncles, I could see this. I just thought Toby's was too old, and I thought Thomas was too young. But, <laughs> to Taylor's point, I think I would have to be going with Andrews, just because I think Andrew's trilogy, or not trilogy, but maybe one day, Andrew's (laughs) films, I think, bring in an aspect that we don't see with the other two, which is the parental aspect, in the form of, it even talks about his parents. I mean, one of his bigger motivators are his parents and understanding what happened to them. So, it brings more depth, I think, to Aunt May and the story. I think Toby's gets glossed over. We really, he just lives with his aunt and uncle and then just aunt. And then for Tom, I think the same thing kind of happens. It's really not delved into the way it is with Andrew. So I think it really highlights the pressure that was put on her to raise him and to raise him into a good person. So she's definitely, I would have to say, the best in my opinion. I also think Tom's is put on a different spectrum. So I really think you're only comparing Toby's and Andrew's with this question. Because Tom's is a different spectrum by playing that Aunt Ben part. Or Aunt Ben well, sure, we could do that. Yeah,
0: I mean, that works. (laughs)
1: That Uncle Ben part, she's kind of putting it in her own wheelhouse, if you will, just because she is playing such a different thing. And also, she's the only one who knew he was Spider-Man. So that's a very different aspect to the character. Well, who obviously knew. Yeah. In my opinion, Toby's Aunt May
0: also knew. And I I don't know so much about Andrews, it wasn't as obvious, but Toby's, I'm like 99% well, sure she knew. He
1: washed the American flag, remember? So, <laughs> 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 But no, I, I just think she's almost on her own thing that you can't even really compare her with the other two. With just at least, we know that she knew about Spider-Man. So I think that's just a very different thing. So I have to go with Andrews as well. This next question should be interesting. But who's had the best villains? And this is out of all of their films. Tom's we can take out number three, just for clarifying, I think, because I think that's fair, since the the villains in that film came from the other two anyway. Okay, so I think for me, in
0: terms of villains, there is no other answer than Toby. I think across the board he had the most iconic villains. You're talking Green Goblin, Doc Ock, and Venom, who is played as a straight villain in Toby's trilogy, or in Spider-Man 3, really, which we know Venom kind of blurs the lines a little bit more now in his current iteration. But again, still one of Spider-Man's more iconic foes. So I think Toby had the benefit of having some of the, you know, more popular villains, the ones that really get people excited, I will say, though, one villain that I don't think I understood how much I enjoyed, even though I saw this movie twice in theaters, was Mysterio. Even though in Far From Home, he's not, you know, the magical Mysterio that he is in the comics. Even though he's using, you know, drones and stuff, I still thought he was really cool. And I really liked the scenes in which he's using the illusions on Peter, especially right before Peter gets hit by the train in Berlin. Like, that whole series of scenes, I think is just like really cool and just so well done and really visually very interesting. So I mean, I have to go Toby overall, but I do want to give like a specific shout out to Tom's Mysterio because I think he's really up there as well.
2: Yeah, and I think I agree with you. I think Toby has the best villains. And I think just overall, these discussions are difficult because I think toby's peter parker and spider-man carries a huge amount of nostalgia for all three of us for sure so i think it's sometimes hard because you know toby was the og spider-man he's the spider-man we grew up watching and loving and knowing so i think it's i don't know why i felt the need to say that but like i feel like it's hard sometimes because er everything from our childhood we want to like latch on to but i do agree with you i think Out of the three, if you think about, like, the superhero genre in general, but also just movies in general, like action movies, all the villains, like, villains are typically, if not, like, probably the second main character in the movies. So I think that really comes out in Toby's movies where, you know, like you said, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Venom, Sandman, and I guess James Franco's Goblin, which I guess we can kind of just ignore. I don't think he really was that... Uh, have an impact but all of toby's villains felt like they were the secondary character in the films whereas in tom's and andrew's yes the villains were off doing their own thing but in my mind you know in tom's movie you know aunt may ned mj and you know his classmates the teachers they were all kind of i kind of grouped them together and say they were the secondary character and then the villains were the third and i think Like you said, I think I agree with you, Taylor. I think Mysterio, Quinn Beck was by far the best Tom villain. I don't, I didn't, I like Michael Keaton. I wasn't really a big fan of his vulture. I I just didn't really, there wasn't like a huge motivation and I didn't really feel a ton of stress when he was, you know, flying around. But with Toby, with Doc Ock and the Green Goblin, like I remember as a kid, I was scared to death of the Green Goblin. He freaked me out, but I just think my favorite villain out of all the Spider-Man movies is definitely Doc Ock, because I just think his arc as a villain, as a hero to a villain to back to a hero again in No Way Home, I really liked how he redeemed himself in the third Tom movie. You know, I just think, I mean, I don't think we can really pin this on Andrew Garfield, but I think his movies were just not very well written. I think they could have been done better just the villains to me and Andrew's universes were just kind of forgettable, you know, like, uh, what's his name, Paul Giamatti playing the rhino. I don't know. I just I feel like they just didn't really they weren't iconic, like Toby's villains are. So that's why I think I would have to say that Toby has the best villains because they feel like the secondary main character, whereas the other movies, they just kind of feel like third or fourth.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so I think Davis said a lot that I have to agree with starting with I think Toby gets the benefit of being the first. So he had the best pick of villains because he had all the possibilities. So he was lucky enough to have, I would say, probably three of the most iconic villains, which are Doc Ock, Green Goblin, and Venom. I think he just has the benefit since he literally was uncontested at the time, both as other Spider-Men and other heroes in general. So... He was lucky to be that OG and came out with those heroes and I think, or those villains, and I, I think since then they were desperately trying to avoid redoing them. But I, so I would give it to Toby, but my, if we had to rank them, I'd actually rank them in the order they came out, so Toby's, Andrew's, and Tom's, and for me it's because I really look at a villain and I like what David was saying about how they should be that secondary character to the, to the first. But I also, my thing is, I think in that case, yes, that would be Toby than Tom. But my way of ranking villains is by motivation. And I think Toby's had the strongest motivations. I mean, I like that you really got to see them all morph into their villains, which is something you see in Andrews. I think that that gets glossed over versus Tom's. You don't see it. They're just already villains. They're already the bad guy. Sorry, I've always been a killer of watching the villain come about and how they're born into who they are. So we really see that with Toby's. Love it. With Andrew's, I think they both have really interesting motivations. And I think, to another point Davis made, those films were not very well written. And I think had they been, first off, Andrew as Spider-Man... I mean, we've seen what he can do in No Way Home. So I think had he been given a better script, his movies would have fared better. But also his villains, I think they had great motivation for being villains. I mean, one was an amputee just trying to grow his arm back using science. The other one just wanted to be seen by people and remembered. He wanted to be someone people noticed. So I think they had these really deep kind of drives within them. And I think they were like a different level of motivation So I have to put those second. I just think had they been written better, I think I would even be saying they'd be first if they were written better. It just didn't come across as well. And then, like I said, Tom's for me. I mean, I think now he got even worse pick of the litter because he was the third one. There'd been five villains before him or before his movies. And then it's like, to Davis's point, wasn't loving the vulture the way it was. He didn't really feel evil. And maybe that was the point. But also, then it didn't make me feel very like, oh, superhero movie. Like I just kind of was like, he's just cleaning up after the Avengers, trying to keep his his business in in order. And then with you know Quentin Beck, I think had they done Mysterio the way Mysterio is in the comics, I would be giving him like a gold star. However, him being mad because Mister Stark named their his his technology Barf doesn't really like get me feeling that oh what a villain kind of thing he was definitely evil definitely a bad dude but like wasn't like oh yeah cool so yeah i would that would be my ordering for those so i i agreed with both of you in different contexts so moving into one of the last semi-easier questions before we reach the three hardest ones out there is who is the best best friend and i think this is an easy one
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to go with Ned. He's the only best friend who doesn't stab them in the back (laughs) or cause the death of his girlfriend. So by default, Ned wins. But also I think, you know, he actively helps Peter. He's not upset when he finds out the truth. He genuinely supports him. So just even from like a checks all the boxes of a good friend, I think he does that. I also just... I really like his character. I think he's hilarious. He's just different from both versions of Harry. I think Andrew is very alone in the first movie. And then the second movie, or his second movie, Harry just kind of comes in and like they're supposed to be these like long lost friends. And it was just like kind of random and weird because they were like, oh my God, we forgot to write in Harry Osborne. Like, what? And then in Toby's, he actively goes against him. He knows that toby's peter is in love with mj and he goes for her anyway like even when they were still friends like regardless of anything that was going to happen later like that's a major stab in the back i'm sorry but there's like bro code same as there's like girl code like if your friend likes someone you just don't go for them like i'm sorry so i think even just overall as a friend ned is better and funnier and not as dark as the other two which i enjoyed also
2: i i have a feeling we're all gonna choose ned i feel like that's the way the discussion is heading I think, yeah, I think Taylor makes a lot of good points in that he checks off all the boxes of a good best friend. He's helpful. He's kind. He's compassionate. He's there for Peter Parker. And he doesn't want to kill him ever in the movies. Not yet. I mean, we don't have to delve into fan theories, but I've been reading online or seeing some tweets that they want Ned's character to become the new Tom Trilogy's Hobgoblin. And we've
1: been speaking about that on this podcast. We have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I am a big advocate for
2: that. (laughs) So, yeah. And I just think in each of the. Okay, we're going to totally remove Andrew Garfield's Spider Man because, like, his best friend, like Taylor says, comes in awkwardly halfway through the second movie. And it's like, I was away at boarding school. And it's just like, there's no chemistry whatsoever between them. I genuinely didn't feel like they were friends at all. And the only thing that was telling me they were was the writing, which happened to not be great. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the amazing Spider-Man movies. I just think they they could have been better written. And hopefully if they do make a third movie, as the fans on Twitter are using the hashtag, I think, I forget what the hashtag was, but they're using a hashtag to want to kind of advocate for Andrew's third Me and uh, my Spider-Man account movie. Every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I won't let her do it on the on the show. No, account. So I have no, to, I get no favorite to my desert. private account,
1: but it's okay.
2: <laughs> out of her five burner accounts on Twitter. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think Andrew has a best friend, so that kind of takes him out of contention. Toby's with James Franco. I think Harry Osborn does support him at least in the first movie. In high school, he kind of sticks up for him. And that's kind of a thing that comes back to haunt Toby, or a fun line. One of my favorite lines from the third Spider-Man movie, where they're fighting towards the end of the film, and Harry is like, "I protected you in high school. Now I'm gonna kick your ass." Then Toby's does that ooh line that like is so, <laughs> so mean <memes good>. online. <laughs> I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. I don't. That's the same scene. But anyway, so I think toby toby's you know harry osborne definitely is a good friend to him at least in the first movie. with the exception of stealing the girl he likes
1: that was (laughs) in the first movie yeah
2: i was just getting to that like he steals his girl and there's the two lines where you know he tells toby toby's peter in the coffee shop and the peter walks out and he turns around and looks back in the coffee shop and harry does that snide little look over the shoulder and wink at him and i'm like come on man so, like, that line, I'm like, all right, you're not really that great of a friend if you're going to steal this girl. Like like you guys said, bro code, bro code. But you that was, that was the that. third
0: movie, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. So, I think the two lines, that comes from the third movie. And then he says that line where he's like, and when she kissed me, like, how it was kissing me as kids. Strawberry, whatever, like like wearing the strawberry lip. It's just such a a, a rude like. It was like a big dig Part in the two thousands,
1: like in the early two thousands. Yes, like in that time period, everyone was like, <laughs> and
2: it's just like mm, the lip gloss is yeah, popular. like dang, strawberry.
1: he went after the lip gloss, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah, so I think that's like to conclude, like. I think Ned is my favorite just because he's, as Ned always claims, the guy in the chair. He's always helping out Peter. He's very helpful, friendly, kind, and isn't a backstabber. So that's why Ned's the best.
1: No surprise. I'm going to choose Ned as well. For me, I just think, once again, this kind of boils down to, like, the chemistry. They're the only two that I thought had real friendship chemistry. To pick off Andrews real quick, to Davis's point, and I, I have actually heard, I think, the director... Or someone, I forget who it was, but someone told the director essentially, like, you need to include the, the goblin in this film, so they had to write in Harry and the story of the goblin, so he wasn't even supposed to be in it, which would have helped. So yeah, it it was a big. That movie
0: was so busy. Yeah,
1: but it was it was the same issue that hit the third Toby one as well. So they were pushing too much to have a different narrative than where I think it was the director and the writers were trying to put it. So there wasn't a chemistry. He just was randomly there, like it felt weird. I think he solely was brought in so they could be like, now kill Gwen. I really do. So it was weird.
2: And to set up the Sinister Six, which never happened.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, Oscorp themselves was a big enough villain in that film. Like, they didn't need to make Harry. Like, it was weird. In the first one, I have to... I mean, I'm going to say in the form that 20 years ago, I have to praise James Franco for his Harry in general. Because I also think, like, the casting with him and William Dafoe was, like, uncanny. It was really great. But I also think he for Harry, played Harry perfectly. I mean, at the end of the day, Harry does backstab Peter, you know? He does become the goblin. He takes after his father. Like, so I think he played the part perfectly, but friendship-wise, sucked. (laughs) And I think we can say that confidently. Mm -hmm. He just, there was nothing good about him until, like, the last maybe 30 minutes of the third movie, when he came and like, was like, I got you, man. And they fought together, and he died for a cause. So, wasn't really there Ned on the other hand was a great friend always has been a great friend and I truly believe to stoke that rumor a little bit that Davis was speaking of if Hobgoblin comes I I truly believe it's going to either be because he doesn't know Peter or because he remembers Peter and is just angry that Peter never came back for him which I think would be an actual villain origin story to me more than just like my dad had weird gas, like, which is (laughs) real. Which, like, really is what it was, and you can't tell me otherwise. And then he was just like, you should put that on a (laughs) t-shirt.
2: My dad has gas.
1: It's like, no, honestly, it's like one of those explain the plot badly, and that's Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man right there. My dad has bad gas. (laughs) Like, that is it. (laughs) But... I think I will. I'm trademarking that right now. That is going on Twitter.
2: <laughs> Copyright. Yeah, Get the patent attorneys on the line.
1: <laughs> but yeah, 100% Ned. I'm hoping if they don't pull him in to do Hobgoblin, they leave him to rest his character where he is and leave that friendship where it is because I think that, that was the best representation of Peter having a real friend for quite a while to support him. But now we're going to move into the three hardest questions. First, and this is only the Spider-Man. But who is the best Spider-Man? Leaving out who they were as Peter Parker, anywhere else, who is, while in the suit, the best Spider-Man? Okay, for me, I thought about this, and it really
0: comes down to who is the most like Spider-Man in the comics. So I don't read a ton of comics, but the panels that I have seen with Spider-Man, he's sassy, he's funny, he's kind of quirky, he always has a little bit some something to say, and for me, the person who brought that to life the most was Andrew. I, Katie's so excited <laughs> that I said that. <laughs> I thought, honestly, Toby's was a little dry. Like, he had a few lines here and there that they peppered in that were a little humorous. But of the three, he has the least amount of humor in the suit. He's very focused and he wants to get do a good job and save the city. And that's cool. And that has its own merit. But in terms of who Spider-Man is in the comics, that's a little bit of a departure. And then I think Tom also has it. I think where Tom kind of loses points for me is the argument that we've made, I think, a few times on this podcast, which is he's Tony Stark, Spider-Man. He's not a Spider-Man independently and of himself. And I think we're going to see that moving forward and in, you know, the trilogy that's coming up. But as of yet, he has not been a Spider-Man of his own making. So for me, he can't then when even though he does have those great barbs like i'm thinking about you know when he grabs bucky's hand in civil war and he's like whoa cool you have a metal arm like that's so spider-man but at the same time like you're fighting the winter soldier in a suit that tony stark made you like that's not spider-man so that's why for me i think andrew has to take it
2: yeah so i also agree i also said that andrew is the best spider-man And I think the one thing that kind of, I mean, I agree with Taylor, and I'll elaborate on that a little bit. But the one thing that I really liked about, there's one moment that stands apart for me that makes Andrew the best Spider-Man. Not Peter Parker, Spider-Man, is when he's fighting the lizard in the school, and he's webbing up the lizard. And he literally crawls like a spider around and around, wrapping up the lizard in a web. And I just thought when I saw that, like, it's like instantly spider, like it was such like he literally crawls like a spider around and wraps up, you know, when a spider has like a fly in its web, he goes down and like wraps it up. And I feel like that was just such a cool moment to me. And I felt like that was like what helped me kind of sway me to say that he's the better Spider-Man. And I feel like my critique of Tom's is similar to Taylor's where in the first movie, He's Iron Boy Jr. You know, like, he's so reliant on Tony Stark. In the second one, he's reliant on Nick Fury. And then in the third one, he's reliant on Doctor Strange. And so I think that's why, we don't have to talk about it, but that's why I think us three are so excited about the new Tom trilogy, is that he's finally, like, he has no support system whatsoever. But in Tom's, I feel like his Spider-Man is always getting bailed out by you know Tony, always getting bailed out by Stephen Strange. Like he's always getting bailed out and helped by other Avengers or other Avenger tech. And so, I think you know if you had to boil it down to like for me, and I, I guess I got to talk about Toby in a little bit. But Toby's Spider-Man, like you said, Taylor, he does have some great classic one-liners. But to me, he kind of has the same—I I don't think this is a word—but quippability as, say, you know, Ant-Man or Star-Lord, where they're non-stop throwing out jokes and quips and stuff. Like, he has, like, a couple of those lines throughout the trilogy, but to me, Andrew is always just... I guess it kind of seems like he has ADHD, where he's always talking and throwing out one-liners, and he's, he's always doing this sense of humor, especially in the scene where he's fighting the rhino, where he's whistling his theme song, while simultaneously webbing up the rhino, pulling his pants down, having the gun come hit him on the head. But the one the biggest thing that sets apart the three Spider-Man in my opinion, I think Andrew has the best web swinging scenes out of all the movies. The slow-mos they're so beautifully shot with Andrew Spider-Man, we get POVs, which I thought was really cool. So it's like some scenes were like you just see the hands come out and it's like, "Holy cow, like, I'm Spider-Man now." It's, I just think his web swinging scenes Are great. I think they're the best out of the three movies. There's always that fun joke, and I forget which Tobey Maguire movie it is, but one of the web swinging scenes, it literally is a mannequin, and it's so obvious (laughs) that it's like a mannequin, and Kristen Dunn's just like holding on to it. But I think, yeah, like I said, the one factor that makes me say Andrews is Spider Man is not only the spider like when he's webbing up the lizard, but just when he's swinging through New York City, it's such a special, unique moment that sets his spider-man apart from the others yes the others have web swinging through new york but when andrew's is you just feel like you are spider-man you are swinging through new york and i think that's really cool so that's why i think andrew is the best spider-man
1: okay so this does not really come as a surprise (laughs) (laughs) but i'm gonna say andrew as well and i'm gonna go off on about a five minute tangent on a fangirl thing but First off, for me, the reason I choose Andrew is a lot of what you guys have both been saying, just like the jokes, like, as you guys were both going on about it, my only thought that I could really think of, and I know there's so many, but all that was going through my head was when he's sitting there with one of the, like, very early in his first movie, I think he just donned the suit the first time, and he's, he has that one burglar in the car, he was gonna take the car, and the burglar pulls out a knife, and he's like, oh no, my only weakness, small knives! I I just, (laughs) like, every time, I just, and I can picture it so well. I just think he had the best humor about it. He just, I don't know, he embodied the character very well as Spider-Man. To Davis's point as well, the swinging around the city, I mean, it just was so different with Andrew, and I, I really liked how he did it. I also, and I... Girl about this move a lot. He does that like little catapult thing where he takes his webs on both sides, pulls himself back, and shoots himself forward. And he does it all the time, and I love it. Like I just think it's just brings a different aspect to him. So I don't know. I I've always endorsed him as Spider Man. I think he's the best for Toby. I just think he's a little awkward. I think he looks great in the suit. Like I don't think there's an awkwardness in the suit. I just feel like I just. I know people make a lot of memes about him just kind of like standing there (laughs) and and it's kind of valid. He's just a very awkward person. I think that's the point of his character is they're trying to, but like the whole idea with the Peter Parker and the Spider-Man kind of like two identities things is that they're kind of supposed to be two different people, but also not at the same time. And so it's like, Peter's supposed to be kind of awkward, not super cool. And Spider-Man's supposed to be, like, that different persona he can put on. So I feel like Toby just didn't quite get there. And Taylor kind of skimmed this idea a little bit with Tom's. But yes, Iron Man or Iron Boy Jr. or Iron Man Jr. or Iron Boy, whatever you want to call him. That was a big issue. But also, and I know I said this very early into my rewatch with those as well. I said the maturity issue for me is just, like, there is not a lot of maturity with Tom's. And I know it's supposed to be the hole he's supposed to be able to grow, but I think to that fairy scene where he's holding the fairy together as a call to Toby's when he's holding the trying to stop the subway. And if Iron Man wasn't around, so in Toby's or Andrew's universes where they don't have the Avengers, those people would have died. Yep. And I just, it's not really talked about enough that, like, his choices are quite literally like putting people in more danger than what they're in initially even down to like in far from home i mean mr stark left him these amazing glasses and i get it like the whole thing was oh he was being manipulated but i'm like who also let mr stark just leave him these pretty much like and i think that was an argument in the film like these should have been locked away or given to like the defense or to the dod yeah yeah and they're just given to the what a 16 17 year old boy and it's like okay and he he gives them away to a man he knew for maybe a week like i I just there's a maturity issue and i think that's obviously changing i think that changed a lot no way home already and i think we're gonna see that change in the new trilogy but for spider-man i mean he's supposed to be a hero i just didn't feel it there i just felt like he either was being babysat or he was just making horrendous choices and honestly my last thing for andrews was just like obviously deadpool and spider-man in the comics are huge together he'd be the spider-man i'd seen with deadpool kind of thing like if you wanted to bring those two like two characters that would be andrew's version
0: Tom's is too innocent for Deadpool.
1: Yeah. At least at this stage. Yeah. Like, I could
0: not see that happening. And I know it's going to happen, so I hope it happens well. But to your point, I think Andrew's a much better fit there. Yeah. Personality-wise as Spider-Man.
2: I think the one thing that really puts Tom at the bottom of the list is not only he gets help from everybody, but also too his motivations, at least in the first two films, are, I want to be an Avenger, I want to be a superhero, I want to prove myself. And, like, that's really, all of the actions in those first two movies are wanting to prove himself and wanting to be an Avenger, not really for the well-being of New Yorkers. And I feel like, mostly with Toby's, but also with Andrew's, is that the motivating factor is, like, they want to protect their city, they want to protect the ones that they love, Whereas Tom's out here just trying to prove himself, which I think is also a big reason why and I think why I just don't like Tom that much. Like kinda of what to your point was, is like it just seems like he's just a kid. He's not really Spider Man. There's not really a clear distinction between Peter Parker and Spider Man. They're both kind of the same awkward, nerdy, sometimes whiny kids, so I think that's why I was put Tom at the bottom.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Alright, so now to go on the flip side of that coin, who's the best Peter Parker? This one
0: is really hard, actually. I have been changing my mind because I knew this was next, so I've been (laughs) thinking about it, and I was thinking about it earlier, and I keep going back and forth between Andrew and Toby. I think they both have pluses and they both have minuses. So Toby, I think one of the things that I really like about him is they show more of Peter Parker's life, I guess, so they see him, you see him in college, you see him doing all that stuff that, like, a normal person would do. He spends, you know, more time at the Bugle, he actually is, you know, a freelancer there, so you get kind of that element of Peter Parker as well, which is obviously very rooted in the comics. However, one aspect that I didn't like was he almost comes across as, like, and I know it's because he's Spider-Man, but he comes across almost as, like, lazy in a sense like when he even when he's talking to Dr. Octopus and they're having that conversation he's like just because you're brilliant doesn't mean you don't have to work hard and put in the effort and I thought that was interesting like even too in the first movie like when he goes to do that wrestling thing like he's just trying to make quick cash so like there's an element there of like just trying to like get rich quick or do it quickly or you know taking the easy way out which I don't really know that I associate with Peter Parker With Andrews, I think I like that he has the brilliance, like you can so clearly see how intelligent Peter Parker is in the way that he's portrayed as Andrews, which is something that I think gets glossed over a lot. Because if you think about it, like Peter Parker makes it on lists of like most intelligent people in the MCU, he's in the top five in almost every conversation, right? And I think It's easy to get that lost in a lot of these movies, but I think Andrew does a good job, or Andrew's two movies do a good job of like really showing Peter Parker and how intelligent and how smart he is. And I think for Tom, one of the things that I do think he gets points for in my book is that he is younger. So I do like, you know, Peter Parker does start out as a younger person in the comics and I think it is harder to look at Andrew and Toby as, like,
1: young teenagers. Although,
2: I... They're not as relatable. I
1: Well, I also kind of disagree with that, only on the sense of maybe Toby's a little, but Andrew, everyone's always like, he's too old. But honestly, when I was watching it, I was like, especially the first one, I was like, no, that's the... Like, I, if I saw him walk around and you told me he was a senior in high school, I'd be like, yeah, that's about right. Well, I guess to clarify... You know we see Peter as a sophomore, that's okay
0: so that's fair. I kind of like that, like Tom does look like you know a fifteen sixteen year old kid I mean he was only what nineteen or twenty when he was filming this, so he was actually very close age wise and Tom does kind of have a baby face, so it works. So I do think he gets points there, but I think Davis, you alluded to this earlier. he's a little whiny, <laughs> which maybe you know in some ways that works because he is younger than the other two. And I think it is less pronounced in No Way Home because he is maturing. But there is a little bit of whininess in the first two movies where he's like, Whoa is me. MJ doesn't like me. And I just want to be on vacation. And why do I have to do this? And why is my girlfriend's dad a supervillain? Like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Whereas like the other two guys are like, man, this sucks. Time to go back to work. Yeah. And I say all that to say, I think. And this is shocking to me because I was not expecting to come to this answer. But I think Andrew has to take it because I honestly can't remember what my negative was or like what my detractor was for him. Whereas I've like clear and pronounced detractors, I think, from the other two.
2: Okay.
1: A win for the Andrew column.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think I agree with all of your points. To me, having rewatched them... It's hard for me to see you know Toby as a high schooler I mean it's it's also in the time they were filming, but it's like these were grown adults pretending yeah. to be high schoolers, <laughs> so I feel like that detracts a little bit because like I guess back then there's probably certain child labor laws that for filming or whatever, but I agree with all your points, Taylor. I think I feel like you know Toby's you spend more time as Peter Parker than as Spider Man in those movies, so I see to that to that point, but to me, like, I feel like Peter Parker and Spider Man have to be kind of one in the same. Whereas I don't know exactly where this point (laughs) that I'm making is going. But to me, I would say Tom is the best Peter Parker, just because I think he's the most he's the most relatable out of all the three. And I think especially with the character of Spider Man, yes, he's adored by people of all ages. But I feel like Spider-Man and just maybe superhero superhero genre in general is geared more towards teens, kids, and young adults. Like, I don't think my parents care at all about Spider-Man, you know? So I think Tom's is the most relatable because he goes through the true teenager experiences, whether that's having a crush, whether that's puberty. We feel like we're growing with Tom. And I feel like Tom's growth as Peter Parker is the most pronounced through the three movies. Because in the beginning, like, he's the whiny, hormonal teen who has a crush on Liz and doesn't see, you know, MJ, who's the one who truly loves him. And, like, that happens all the time. I'm sure we have stories that I feel like us three, we can relate more to Tom's Peter Parker than the other two. And I think for me, that's what sets him apart. Because he does have those clothes. They're nerds. They're they're really nerdy kids. And I feel like Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker, is kind of the shy, emo, almost goth kind of sad kid. He's always sad and mopey.
1: I mean, to be fair, he's an orphan. And Toby's is kind of, he's also,
2: out of (laughs) the goofiness, nerdiness scale, I think it would be Tom, Toby, Andrew. But for me, like, Toby's was always not really believable as, I, I don't know. I just didn't like him, his portrayal as much. So I think it boils down to Tom's is the most relatable and I think has the best character arc as Peter Parker.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I have no distinct answer. And maybe after I ramble a little bit, I'll get one because I think, and this is kind of almost a counterpoint to one of the things you just said, Davis, is keep in mind, okay, when was the first in 2002, right? Then the first Andrews was 2012, and then the first Peter's was technically Civil Wars 2016, and then Spider-Man was not far after. But that's, I mean, 10, and then about four or five years in between. So, like, each one has a very different iteration on what I think we consider, quote-unquote, nerdy. And I think for Toby's, it's like, they <laughs> they tried really hard to make him, like, this really, like, bottom-of-dirt shoe, like... I think in the early 2000s, being a nerd was like the most frowned upon thing ever. It was like, oh my god, you're smart. That's disgusting. You're bullied. Like, (laughs) instant, like not cool kind of token. I think moving into the 2010s was that age of like, the nerds are kind of coming back. And they're kind (laughs) of cool. And like, they are like, they don't quite fit in. and Maybe they're not fully nerds anymore. They're kind of morphed into other types of people too. So it's like, yeah, they're really smart, but like Andrews, for example, was a mega skater boy. Like, out there skating his little skateboard around. Like, but yeah, he's an outcast. Like, he that didn't, team. yeah. And he didn't fit in with his group still. Cause he just was like, you know, there. He was still quiet. He still was out, like, not so much like a prominent person. Now, I think now to 2017, I mean, heck, I was in high school in 2017. I was a sophomore going into junior year in 2017 so if anyone can really relate it's me and for Tom for me it's just like he's now the biggest embodiment of the present day quote-unquote nerd where he's not really bullied for it anymore and it's not really that like oh that's a really defining thing for him so I think like because they're all so different as Peters because of the time in which they were in high school and because of, like, what defined them, I think it's hard to pick up Peter Parker. So if I had to just pick off of my favorite, I, I don't know. I kind of just want to say Andrew because I feel stressed. <laughs> <laughs> because, like I said, I feel like Toby was almost too, like, pushed down. that He just didn't come across really as, like... He was such a bland kind of character sometimes, as Peter, and that's can be hard for me. But Tom is also kind of up and down, so I'm gonna go with Andrew to feel safe. But like I said, they're all they're all ranked in very different parts because I mean you can't compare an early two thousands Peter Parker growing up in that time to someone who was almost in twenty 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 years later, you know. So that one's a hard one.
2: I think going off of that, the only reason I would say. You know, it was hard to choose Tom because to be completely honest, I kind of switched my mind right as I started to talk because I did think Andrew was the best Peter Parker in the sense where the only reason why I might have chosen Andrew over Tom is because Andrew's Peter Parker is more resourceful than the other two Spider-Men. Like Andrew's building web shooters out of watches and cart like he's in that little lab or I think it's like a shed using batteries to like to so he not only, you know, has to be resourceful, but he also has to fine tune his webbing in the second Spider-Man movie to better fight Electro. So I think his Peter Parker is like book smart, but I also think Andrew's Peter Parker is street smart as well. And so I think his resourcefulness puts him I, I you know what? Actually, I'm changing my mind. I'm saying <laughs> I think Tom and Andrew are tied. I don't think I could choose because I do like how inventive and he's like, he's like a little like Andrew's like Peter's a little engineer. He's always crafty and he, I, and I also do like his pre official suit look with the oh ski, God, red so ski mask, the sunglasses.
0: And the beanie. It's the beanie that does it for me. Yeah.
2: If all of us suddenly got powers, I have read articles of clothing in my closet. And then I put, I would do the same thing. And so I think to me, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is more in, or sorry, Peter Parker is more of uh, a street smart skater boy. But yeah, Tom has the book for me.
1: Okay, so you actually just brought up an, an additional thing for me then, is what I, I think I have to completely agree with the whole Andrew thing too, is like, I think he's the first time we see Peter Parker blatantly being smart? And I don't mean that in a weird way against Toby, but I think like, it's just kind of randomly thrown in there, here and there. Oh, he's book smart. Like, it's like, oh, he's at, he's got oh my gosh, what is that school? The Ivy League he's at. I literally said it earlier. Columbia? Columbia. <laughs> I call like, it oh, Columbus and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but he's at Columbus. Oh, he answers that one really hard question or something. I guess it's hard. I don't really remember it. But, like, he's tutoring like all that. You can, like, inherently guess he's smart you see it here and there even with toms but i think toms is so downplayed until that one moment in far from home when he's built rebuilding his suit like you don't really see it and then even in no way home you finally see it with more of that like he used geometry to outsmart <laughs> dr strange like there are those small moments where they're like oh yeah by the way this kid's really smart he's just always had everything else handed to him and andrews is like. No, he really built everything from the ground up. Like, and you see it, and you see him use it. And that's, I think, why I liked Gwen then, too, on top of that, is, like, together, you saw how truly ingenious the two of them were of just figuring it all out using science. Like, it seems like the craziest thing, because I know we always have the science-magic kind of debate, but, like, I just thought it was interesting to watch them and, like, watch Andrew do everything he did just using his brain and how smart he really is. So I think we've come to the hardest question. I mean, hard for y'all, maybe not for me, but <laughs> overall, who was your favorite? Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Overall, who was the best one played by either Toby, Andrew, or Tom? Uh, so I feel like I should say one answer because my
0: Spider-Man and my Peter Parker were the same. <laughs> so naturally, my best. Overall should be the same guy that I said. But my heart wants to say Tom, so I'm very confused. That's just because you're a- I would say knowledge. if I'm being objective and logical, it's gotta be Andrew because I picked him as my top Spider-Man and my top Peter Parker. So naturally, if he has top scores in the two categories, he would have the natural top score overall. That's how math works. That <laughs>
2: makes sense.
0: Yes, you know, occasionally I math correctly. So, logically,
2: Occasionally. yeah,
0: I didn't say it was often. <laughs> logically, it's Andrew. But I think Tom does get an honorable mention because I love the MCU. And just by virtue of being in the MCU, it bumps him up. Honorable mention for Toby also. I think just like just if we're talking about things that I love about Toby. Davis, you talked about this a lot. He's the OG. He's my childhood. He's the reason, one of the reasons I love Spider-Man growing up. I remember being obsessed with those movies when I was a kid. Like, that's something that neither one of the other two are ever going to be able to replicate, is like that experience and those feelings I had as a kid, because he was the first and he was the guy who kind of brought it all. So... I guess I'm going to have to say Andrew, but there are definite merits to the other guys and I love them both. So I don't ever, ever want anybody to ever say that I was out here crapping on spider man because I love them all and they're all valid in their own way.
2: And also, is part of your, you know, honorable mention to to Tom's Peter Parker solely because of Tom Holland? I feel like (laughs) you didn't mention that at all.
0: Look, I have a soft spot for the guy. Just like, let it, let it be.
2: (laughs) All right, all right. It is what
1: okay, it is. Okay.
2: To me, I'm not as logical as Taylor because <laughs> well,
1: you admitted it.
2: <laughs> if I if I look at my notes and based on, you know, who I picked for each of the sections, I think it is I don't even know. Anyway, logically based on who I've said previously, I'm just going to disregard that. <laughs> to me, overall, I want to say Andrew Garfield but to me I don't think I can quite separate my nostalgia from my logic so I'm going to have to say Toby is my favorite Spider-Man. Fair. Strictly because I feel like I don't I, I mean I hate to say this about a Spider-Man movie but I feel like the time we spend with Peter Parker as Peter Parker in the Toby Maguire movies helps shape the movies more than in any of the other series is because he's a pizza delivery boy and but he uses spider-man to that advantage by swinging the pizzas to get it there on time for pizza time but for me Fun at fact, least really
0: quick i'm so sorry to interrupt you okay but i've Go, go, go. I've been to that pizza parlor in New York. It's a real place and I've been there, so...
2: Did you go there solely because of the movie? No,
0: I was in the area and then it was it was a school program and someone was like, oh my God, the Spider-Man like thing is here and they like have a little thing on the wall and everything. So partially, yes, but I also like had to be there for a school event. I will have to take you both there. There's a little plaque on the wall talks about how it was in Spider-Man. Hopefully it's still there. I haven't been there since COVID. So if COVID oh, ruined that institution, so- I'm just... not going to be okay.
2: (laughs) That would stink.
0: Mm. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go on.
2: Yeah, no worries. I just think Toby's is the best overall because I think if you just want to get down to the nitty gritty of film in general, like your movie's only as good as your villains. And so to me, since I said Toby's villains were my favorite, that's who I'm going to have to go with. Because to me, I think the villains made the movies. And in the other movies, I didn't feel that. So combining just, it felt like an authentic, purely authentic Spider-Man movies was Tobey's because, you know, he had the character, he had the New York, he had the villains. And to me, I just think Tom Holland, Spider-Man, we touched on this. He's always reliant on someone, whether that's Tony, whether that's Stephen Strange, whether that's Nick Fury, it doesn't seem like he's capable of doing anything on his own And I feel like a large part of Spidey's persona is that he's kind of the only one. He's kind of, he's the only Spider-Man. He's the only hero in New York City. And so, you know, in The Amazing Spider-Man, we also get that with Andrew's Peter Parker. But to me, at least, I felt like Tobey Maguire was the best of both worlds. This probably is counterintuitive to what I said earlier and probably goes against what I've said uh, in the past. But to me, it just, those movies and Tobey Maguire's portrayal as Spider-Man, as Peter Parker, I feel like takes the cake, even though I've, what winners in other categories previously, I just, I, I feel like it's too hard for me to separate the nostalgia from the logic, and so that's why I'm gonna have to go with Toby.
1: Well, I also just, like, your whole point about Spider-Man's kind of that lone guy, and he, like, that's kind of his thing. I mean, they even bring that up in no way home. And they're like, I've never worked as a team. And Tom's like, I have. It's like, yeah, but... Are you in a band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was one of my favorites. He was so excited for him, be. I too. know, he was like, oh my god, are you in a band?
2: Andrew Garfield stole the show.
1: <laughs> he did. He was amazing. But speaking of Andrew Garfield, I don't really think it surprises anybody, but...
0: <laughs> I think you picked him for every category. I did not. <laughs> I didn't
1: pick him for best suit. Oh. Or villain. Or best friend. So. Okay, but everyone that was actually
0: about Spider Man or anything related to Spider Man, <laughs> like family wise, you were like, okay. yup, Andrew. So, like, nobody should be okay, surprised. Because,
1: first off, I need to make sure I'm established because I have been in love with Andrew Garfield Spider Man since 2012. <laughs> and I need. This is true. I
0: can vouch for this. As her sister, she would not shut up about okay. it. Okay. She is like, an original TASM-3-er, yes. people. You're talking to the OG, the
1: real one. I also wow, wouldn't honor. stop watching The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because we kept getting it for free on our TV, so I just watched it every time <laughs> it was on.
0: Which, by the way, has a killer soundtrack. The Neighborhood I know, is I know. on there, I like, always a Dude, when
1: I did my rewatch and I heard Honest come on, I was like, oh, fuck up! I'm, like, screaming in my apartment. My roommates are just staring at me, and I was just like, oh, my God! But anyway... I don't think anyone should be surprised that I'm picking Andrew. Like I said, I have to just establish that I've been here. And I have to agree with everything everyone said about Andrew. I mean, we've already talked about... I mean, I picked him for Spider-Man and Peter Parker, of course, as well. But I also have to just say, like, for Davis's reason for picking Toby, it's kind of my reason for picking Andrew. I am... I, I think I've spoken about this before, but I'm three years younger than Taylor. So for me... I mean, 2012, I was only, what, no, how old, nine? You were 11. 11. You were no, 11. You were
0: born in 2001. In 2012, you were born oh in God. 2001. That's 11. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you were about to fight me yeah, oh, anyway, so anyway, I was 11. <laughs> but, but, my point is being, Toby, like, Toby's first movie came out and I was barely born. Like, I was, you know, and then two years later, I was, what, three? Like, all his movies were, quite literally, I was a very little child, so I didn't really get the hype with his. So, my big, like, big moments for me to see a live-action Spider-Man was going to the theater to see Andrews. So, his is also kind of nostalgic for me. I also just, for everything that takes the cake, I just, the it, it's the Gwen and him to this day, if you see me on Twitter, I'm usually liking and retweeting on my own account the, the edits of Gwen and Peter, but I'm still gonna have to go with him to the heart. Make Amazing Spider Man number three, give him his third movie, please and thank you. But
2: he deserves it. He deserves a third movie. He
1: does with a with a script because a better
2: I, written one.
1: Yes, because I mean, this man is now. What did he just win? An Oscar. Or Uh, a Golden Golden Globe, Globe, but he's won an Oscar. He's an Oscar winner and a Golden Globe winner. And you're going to tell me this man can't act? That's a lie. You know? Like You know what he needs? He needs Kevin Feige
0: to produce a movie of his to give him a real shot and put him on a level playing field. Because whoever was in that production room for the Amazing Spider-Man franchise
1: needs some help. And and it wasn't all bad, but it was not great. But there's some holes. Yeah. But that's my final answer, and with that, that takes us through all the categories of our Spider-Man debate. And before we get going fully, I want to give a shout-out, of course, to Davis. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. This was great.
1: Uh, yeah, and I mean, to his point, he was probably one of the like OGs in there with us when WandaVision Falcon and Winter Soldier were coming out. So, to be fair, if you look and you see we don't have podcasts for it, it's kind of because he was the only person that was our audience. (laughs) He was the original audience member, so give him a (laughs) shout-out. That's
2: me.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, thank you for joining us. I'm sure he will be back further down the road for some other... Hopefully. Oh, I'm sure you will. (laughs) I'll bully you into it. It'll be great.
2: Yeah, that's usually how our friendship works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, well, since this is such a hot topic in the land of Marvel. We would definitely love to hear from you guys. So if you have thoughts on any of our opinions or wanna share your own on any of the categories that we discussed today, please feel free to tweet us or email us, go on the blog, leave a comment, all that good stuff. We definitely wanna hear from you and see what you're thinking in terms of your favorite Spider-Man, whether it be overall or for one of the individual categories. As always, if you're a fan of the show and you have not yet subscribed, please hit that follow, like, subscribe button on your platform of choice and you can go ahead and feel free to leave us a rating or review if you feel so inclined. You can also check us out on Spotify. We have a playlist for different series as well as all of the different songs, or at least most of the ones that are available on Spotify. The songs that are heard in the different movies and shows. And last but not least, please make sure to follow the blog where we have lots of extra content. And right now, Katie's doing a fun little meme series because we don't have weekly shows. So all the memes are coming your way on a semi regular basis. So definitely follow the blog to check that out.
1: And to finish wrapping up, make sure you guys are following Twitter. It is Let's Talk MFT. We are going to be on there all the time, like I am already but we release the podcast and the blogs on there so you can get the links real easily off of there and we retweet and like theories along with sharing our own so definitely just one stop shop go check that out go follow it and as always marvel just blew your mind so let's talk about it